Welcome to The Supporting Cast, a podcast about learning technology and learning management systems brought to you by those on the front line supporting LMS admins. Today we have with us Liam Kelly from our support department. Liam, so glad you could join us. How are you? Good. Thanks to be here. Today we're going to be talking about our ticket management system, sometimes called issue manager, and we're going to be talking about best practices for using it, as well as talking about our topic of the week. Liam, if you could kick us off by telling us a little bit about your background and your history with ThinkingCap. Yeah, I'm a support coordinator. I've been with the company for five and a half years. I started in September 2016. And to tell the truth, this is the best job I've ever had. It's probably the most stable and I've always liked helping people. So yeah, that works out well for me. Well, that's great to hear. Five plus years of the company. That's less heard of these days for sure. Given how much experience you've had with the organization, you've seen many a ticket (laughs) and seen great best practices as well as some issues perhaps that a client or ourselves here at Thinking Cap could handle a little bit differently. Can you tell us a bit more, give some advice to our clients in terms of logging tickets? Certainly. The TLDR is the more information we have the more effectively we can diagnose and replicate your issue, and therefore, the more effectively we can get it fixed. Or if it's something that you're just missing, fix ourselves. So information to include the domain name. So a lot of clients do give us the URL for a domain, but the URL will often use a short form of a domain. If you give us the name of the domain, we can find the URL there. It can also make it easier to find in the admin view where all the information is. An affected user. Is there a particular user that's experienced this issue? Is it a group of users? Is it every user on the domain? Give us an example user that we can impersonate, which means we log in as them. And then from there, we can diagnose the issue. Is it a specific page on the domain? Either give us the URL for the page or tell us, click on my courses and then this course, and we can take a look. Is it a particular course on the domain, a particular activity? Is it a handful of activities? Is it every activity on the domain? If we know what activity to look at, we know we can take a look at the settings of that activity. And of course, we can look at that activity in the learner view as a learner. Is there a related ticket? If this issue happened six months ago and it's back, you can reference the old ticket in the body of the new ticket by giving the ticket number. And then we can take a look and see what happened there because we'll often have had some kind of resolution on the old ticket. And that can help our investigation. Other than that, the main thing is just a clear and concise description of the issue. Just in brief, give us an idea of what's happening, why it's a problem. Don't go flowery and say this is impacting our business. We just need to know what's happening, why is it a problem, and then the other information I've included here. When you're titling the ticket, make sure you're giving us an idea of what is happening. Forums not working is not a good ticket title. Learners can't post to discussion forums. That is a good ticket title because it right away gives us an idea of what's happening. This is especially important if you're logging it off business hours because the first person coming in in the morning is going to take a look at any new tickets that came in overnight and will deal with the most crucial first, what we call triaging, like in a hospital. And the easiest way for us to do this is to just look at the new tickets at the title and see, okay, this sounds like the most crucial and go from there. Please don't include words like urgent or priority or critical in the ticket title 
because if we get too many of that, it's the bed of nails principle, nothing sticks up. And also keep in mind that if you are sending an email as a client to support at thinkingcap.com, the subject line of your email will become the title of the ticket. We allow attachments in tickets. So if you're sending us a screenshot, try including your entire browser window or your entire screen because we oftentimes do get images that are just a small part of the screen. And oftentimes there might be information off frame that wasn't included that would have been much more useful. And of course, a video is more useful than a screenshot because we can see what you're doing to get the issue. If you're including multiple files, say you want to have a video and you want to attach a spreadsheet of these are all the users that are affected, put them in a zip file and you can attach that to the ticket. Got it. Thoughts on voiceovers on on videos? Good, Uh, bad, neutral? Neutral generally. In my experience, it's generally not been necessary. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, it might be if there's some information that you want to convey to us that isn't evident from the video itself, sure, include a voiceover. But in general, we can just watch what you're doing and then look at those steps. And sometimes maybe we can see what's happening, what's causing the issue. But otherwise, we can just, when we're testing, we can just follow your steps and follow along with the video. We don't need the narration. It's not a bad thing, but it's often extraneous. Okay. And just something to add, if something is time critical, if there's something you need us to look at right away, you can send us an email or you can give us a call. Obviously, a call comes straight through to us. If no one answers, say no one's at their computer, leave a voicemail. We will call back shortly. Great. So we do offer telephone support. And I think it's it's fair to say that there's a very good chance that you'll be the one that actually picks up the phone when the hotline's on. Yeah. So anytime in our support hours, which is 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., Monday to Friday, Eastern time, yeah. and 9 to 5 on Saturday and Sunday, there is always someone on in those periods. So we'll have someone on from 8 to 4, someone on from 9 to 5, and then someone on from 12 to 8, unless someone is on vacation or sick and someone's covering, but we'll always have coverage in those periods. And on weekends, we do have one person working in support 9 to 5. And if you call off those hours, say you're in another part of the world, but you're calling at 9 p.m. our time on Thursday, we do have a service that will pick up and take a message for us. That's great. The tickets we see come into the support department doing a great job fielding them all. But I do agree that sometimes I'll see a ticket title and I have to go into the ticket to read more of the description and details. A good ticket title might save a little bit of time, a little bit. Of, I think all of this is in an effort to minimize the back and forth. Mm-hmm. So the more you, I think we're, we're talking about erring on the side of more information versus less, even if it's repetitive, we're happy to get it. Yes. Think of it this way. if you're logging a ticket and you're doing it really quickly, but you're missing some crucial information, you're wasting your time and ours because then we have to send the ticket back to you to get the information that you missed. So when you're writing up a ticket, take a moment, clear your head, and then just make sure that all the information we would need to test it, again, go over the list that I gave earlier, and make sure that everything that we would need to test is in there because then we don't have to send it back and that saves time for everyone. Right. Those are some great tips, Liam. I wanted to talk to you about a ticket type that we're seeing quite a bit come up in support. And maybe you can offer our audience some guidelines, some advice, some descriptions on understanding it better. It's about domain membership rules and as well as enrollment rules. Yeah. So 
Clients do occasionally get confused between those two. So in short, domain membership rules are set on a domain level and they use metadata and learner information to put users into a specific subdomain. This subdomain is set per rule and it's a way that some of our clients get their learners to the domains they're supposed to be on. So the wizard to create them is actually pretty straightforward. It's for self-explanatory. Of course, if you're worried about it, we can do it for you. And of course, some clients don't give their administrators the permission to do it. When a rule is created, it's not necessarily working right away because we could, they can be active or inactive and they default to inactive. So they have to be toggled on. And then a rule won't take effect right away. They'll go overnight. So at midnight UTC, the system takes a look at all the membership, all the rules that are waiting to be applied, and it'll apply them. So those users will usually be added the next day. Now, if I'm a client who needs to override that because I need to get a learner in for a course ASAP, do I do that manually? And then what happens the next day when the rules actually come in? So there's an option that is set not on the parent domain, but on the subdomain where the user would be added to that if a user doesn't match any membership rules pointing to it, they'll be automatically removed. If that option is turned off, users can be manually added, no problem. Otherwise, we may need to find a workaround, but that's how the system, just how it works. But contrasting, sorry, you asked a question earlier and I didn't, I only half answered it. So contrasting domain membership rules with enrollment rules. So domain membership is set on a domain to put people into subdomains, whereas an enrollment rule is set on the level of an activity to enroll learners into that activity. They're similar, Mm -hmm. but they are separate. You use the term metadata a moment or two (laughs) ago. Are there acronyms for metadata? Well, Metadata is also synonyms. known as custom, Sorry, synonyms. is also known as custom fields. Ah, gotcha. But metadata is kind of a generic term. Custom fields are what we call them in the system. Okay, great. Anything else you'd like to tell us about today, Liam? Nothing I can really think of. Well, that was really fantastic. I, I think that's very helpful to our learners in terms of logging tickets. Last notes, I think it's fair to say that we want them to log tickets with as much detail as possible, in particular. Domain name, domain URL, user example, page example. Activity, if it's affecting an activity. Activity with activity code. And then just a clear, concise description of the issue. Great. Five minutes spent writing up your ticket can save 10 or 15 minutes in testing. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Liam. And we hope you'll join us again soon. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time on The Supporting Cast.